0: Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophets Speak. Today we are studying the final chapter of the book of Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. And um, in this book, although it was relatively short, we had so many uh, interesting events. We learned about the reforms that Nehemiah had made, we learned how he managed to get the city rebuilt on a physical level, get the people rebuilt on a spiritual level, the temple rebuilt, the temple organized, the the, pre, the priests organized, the Levi, the Levium, the Levites organized, the, the, He managed to repopulate the city. I mean the um, achievements of Nehemiah as a leader is monumental. Um, and of course, the uh, what's sometimes called the Second Commonwealth, where the second temple period lasted for hundreds of years um, on the foundation that Nehemiah had, had laid. Um, the re- religious revival, the Anshei Knesset the men of the great assembly, and the uh, uh, birth of rabbinic Judaism, the, um, I mean, there's just so, so much that he did. Um, <clears throat> and had he, he, had, he had to do it with so much political opposition and so on. The last thing we read about was the ceremony, the celebration um, that occurred, the parades uh, that occurred around the city of Jerusalem uh, to rededicate the new, newly rebuilt and repopulated city. Now we're about to learn in chapter 13 that something happened before that rededication um, and if you recall, Nehemiah emphasized that, um, that uh the, the storehouses were used to uh, be places as repositories of places to keep and store and protect the temple uh, wealth and gifts, uh, the, the produce that was brought for the first fruits, for the tithes, for the truma, for the donations, etc. Um, we'll see in a minute um, uh, what had happened. That precipitated that emphasis in between. We're about to learn that. But Bayomahu, we're starting in verse one in chapter thirteen. On that day, the day of the parades and the celebration, it wasn't just celebration and singing and trumpet playing and the symbols and everything, but it was and the processions. It was also the study and teaching of Torah because Nikrab is safer. Moshe bi'Aznei This is is reminds us of uh, again of the what we do in synagogue, what the Jewish um. A uh, religion uh, to this day, the the standard practice by every um, major holiday and Shabbat, when there is uh, prayers in the synagogue, there is all. It is always accompanied by a public reading of the Torah, and so was this day. So Nigra b'Sefer Moshe and when they read it, the Nimsa But one of the things they read was it was found that it was written there, Asher loyavo that no one. No descendant of the nation of Ammon Or the nation of Moab Should join the uh, Congregation of God forever And the reason is kilo Because they Did not offer the people of Israel As they wandered starving I mean not starving They wandered in the desert um, They were not uh, They didn't uh, do what most people should do is welcome people, uh, passers by with bread and water etc and they didn't do that but rather what they did was they hired lekalalo to curse the people of Israel and it was God who switched Bilam's curse and turned it into a blessing instead of a curse when they heard the Torah they separated all of the Mixture of people from the people of Israel. They, uh, so, what exactly happened here? There were no Amonim or Moavim, right? Uh, at the time, the nation of Ammon and Moab had passed from the scene historically. There may have been, um, you know, some descendants, some remnants, but the nations of Ammon and Moab were long gone. Uh, so that um by after the Assyrian conquest which preceded the per- the ascent of the Persian empire already by this time it had been uh you know a, a good probably 150 to 200 years since those nations were destroyed and gone and generations lost so um it wasn't so much to say that an ammonite or a moabite should be mixed but the purpose here is is the way i understand it is that people saw this this um Prohibition against the Ammonites and Moabites uh, uh, Marrying into the Jewish people And there's an emphasis here on the reason The reason is because of their evil practices Because they were bad people Because of their evil influence Which is why it says All of those that were a mixture That Erev has a negative connotation the people that were refusing to accept upon themselves the Torah, the people that were a bad influence, those were the ones who were asked to leave. The people realized that by associating with those who are not willing to accept upon themselves the morality that the Torah and God was teaching, those people needed to go. And before this, and before this entire day had it happened, it's, the chronology is a little, is a little confusing, however, the way it, it seems to be is, is that he's saying that before this entire day, this before this whole procession that we just described in the last chapter and before the reading of the Torah and the separation, the people separating the Eirev mi Yisrael, right? It had a, the following had occurred. Eliyashiv haKohen, the Eliyashiv who was the uh, high priest, Nosun Bilishkats Beit Eloheinu, he had placed in the room of the house of our God, Korov Litovia, um. Um. He was. Uh, I, I'm. Uh, no, I'm sorry. El Shivha Hakohen, who had been appointed over the rooms of the house of our God. You know, I had left him as an appointee. Right To be in charge of those storerooms, which are obviously very important. The entire wealth and everything necessary to keep the temple running were in there. He happened to be a relative of Tovia. Tovia is one of the bad guys that was bothering Nechemya before and was trying to stymie his efforts to rebuild the city. And he made for him a big room. And that is where they originally, Nosnim, would place at Hamincha Halavona, the the uh, meal offerings and the Levona, which was the frankincense, which was necessary for the Kitoret and other things, the Akalim and all the utensils needed for the temple and the uh, the tithes of the grain the wine the oil mitzvah that which was uh, commanded to be given to the Levites and the singers and the gatekeepers Uttru and the teruma the donations that were given to the priests. So all this was done. He made him a room. He made um, Tovia, or he gave him control of these rooms and, and made him a room. It sounds like it seems like he gave him a room to stay. That he actually lived there on the temple precincts, it, and 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 thereby had access to all of this wealth. And when all this had occurred, lo I was not in Jerusalem. If you recall, way back in the beginning of the book. Nehemiah, when the king Artaxerxes Artaxshasta had given him permission to go on this mission to rebuild Jerusalem, he he told him specifically, but you need to tell me when you're going to come back. Uh, presumably, the king is very concerned if he if he were to send Nehemiah and and allow him to just stay there, the, the the possibility of him setting up shop and and eventually challenging the king and trying to declare independence. Is higher, but by making sure he comes back, he makes sure that he stays loyal and stays to, um, loyal to the kingdom of Persia. So, because in the 32nd year of the reign of Artaxerxes, the king of Babylon, because remember the Persian kings also called themselves the kings of Babylon because they had conquered Babylon, I had returned to the king in Susa and Shushan Ulekatsi, Amimnish Altimin and at, and it was after a specific amount of time although nehamy doesn't tell us how long he stayed there i asked permission to return and while i was gone everything started to fall apart they gave in control of the room to to, to- tovia they put, put him in the in the um and i came to back to jerusalem it sounds like he came, he just showed up. It sounds like he he came back to Jerusalem without having told the people he was coming, but it's not clear. But Avina Bara saw El Yashiv and I saw this bad thing that El Yashiv, who I had left in charge, that he had done for Tovia, his relative, to give him a place to rest, a room, in the temple precincts. But I bothered me a lot clay based Tovia I went into the house of Tovia and I threw out all of his stuff, all of his things outside of the room. I threw him out of the room and got rid of him from the temple. and I said They had to go and purify those rooms because he had defiled them. sham clay and I replaced him there and put back in the vessels of the temple and the meal offerings and the frankincense I started loading it back into the room where it it should have been in the first place the Eidah and then I saw people stopped bringing presents to the Levites a lot of uh, uh, people suggest that maybe the reason was they saw how corrupt it was it became a family affair Yashiv and Tovia they're hanging out in the base of Migdash and they didn't deserve it. He wasn't a Kohen, he wasn't a, a priest, he wasn't a Levite, he wasn't a nobody. He was just a relative. And here he is hanging out, taking uh, taking what he wanted. So they stopped bringing the gifts. So the whole thing, of course, as we always know, corruption, nepotism, causes everything to fall apart. People ran back to their fields, the Levites went back, they stopped doing their work in the temple, and the singers, and all the people that did the work of the temple, stopped staying there, and of course they did, because they weren't getting the tithes, they didn't have any way to support themselves other than going back. And I argued, uh, or I, 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 I reprimanded the Saganim, the people in charge of and I said, why have we, have we forsaken the house of God? I gathered them, and I reinstalled the Levites back in their place. And then, once I did this, then the people of Judah started bringing back again the tithe of the grain, the wine, the uh, and the oils back to the temple treasury. And then I took the charge away from Eliashev, who was clearly not trustworthy. I gave control to Shalem Yahakoin. To a different priest named Shalemiah, but Tzadok Sofer, and Tzadok, who was a Sofer. Sofer is a word we used for to refer to Ezra, means a Torah scholar, trustworthy Torah scholar. And from the Levites, I put a man named Pidoyah in charge of Al Yodom, and in charge of them, Chanon ben Zakur ben Matanya, I placed Chanon the son of Zakur, son of Matania. Why these people? Because I knew they were trustworthy. And they were responsible to give to, to give out the gifts and divide it up amongst their brothers, the other Levites. Nehemia now turns to God. Remember me, my God, regarding this issue. It seems that Nehemia realized that this wasn't very popular. A lot of people were angry and upset. So he looks to God and says, God, at least you know that I did this right. Uh, Do not erase the kindness, the greatness, that I did in the house of God and with those that are supposed to be uh, guarding it and keeping it holy. In those days, so Nehemiah realizes when he does popular things and also it seems the way he wrote it, you can feel his anger and his disappointment which can also be interpreted as a bit of a character flaw. Nehemiah seems to be losing it, losing his control, but then he quickly, after doing every, getting really angry and throwing his stuff out of the house, throwing him out of the temple, getting, uh, you know, it's like when a, a, a company gets taken over by a new CEO and he cleans house, and then he realizes he got a lot of people upset. But, but he did what he thought he had to do to make things better, and he turns to God and says, "God, at least you understand why I did what I did." In this this day, in, the, in this, those same days, Raisi I saw in Yehuda. Remember, the people had promised how they were going to keep Shabbat and everything. Dorchim Gitot B'Shabbat. They were <laughs> they were um, treading their in their wine presses on Shabbat and they were bringing their bundles uh, uh, and loading up their donkeys on Shabbat and they were bringing in wine and grapes and and figs and all kinds of loads and they were bringing it into Jerusalem on the day of Shabbat and remember these were the things they promised not to do in their constitution all the people came forward and said what they were going to do to keep Shabbat special and holy Some of these are rabbinic uh, uh, prohibitions that were laid down before he went to the king and everyone agreed with all pomp and circumstance. Some of these are are, are Torah prohibitions. But here they were, not keeping Shabbat properly as they had agreed. So I started, I I immediately started um, to admonish or to criticize them for selling uh, supplies um, on Shabbat, and the people from Tyre; these are our Tyrian merchants. Um, Tyre was famous as a city of merchants. It was a central location where goods and, and and money was exchanged in those days. So there were Tyrian merchants that were dog They were bringing fish from the Mediterranean, all kinds of things to sell. in They were selling all these things on Shabbat. To the people that resided in Judea and in Yerushalayim and in Jerusalem, so again, Ariva is a very angry-sounding word. I, 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 um, I, I, uh, I'm trying to think of a, uh, the right English word here of Ariva, and I, I rebuked the Chore Yehuda, the, the noblemen of Judah. And I said to them, What is this bad thing that you guys are doing? You are profaning the day of Shabbat, the day of the Sabbath. This is what your forefathers did. We're trying to start something new here, and you guys are making the same mistakes that they did back then, and we all know what happened at the end of the first temple period and what kind of a disaster that That became That's why God brought upon us All of this bad that we see And And now you're adding Anger of God against the to people of Israel, uh, because you are profaning the Shabbat. So when the um, gates of Jerusalem started to darken as the Shabbat day was uh, was arriving, in other words, Friday afternoon, as the sun was setting, Close the doors, lock the gates. These gates should not be opened until after the Sabbath is over so that these merchants and all these products can't come in and out on that day. And I took some of my trustworthy guys that were with me, I set them up as guards over the gates that to ensure that no one would somehow sneak in with a load on the day of Shabbat. And time, um, and if sometimes people even got stuck outside the gates, and I didn't care, they had to stay outside the gates, even though that wasn't really uh, safe and certainly not pleasant for them. But he made a rule: gates are closed. If you're not in, if you're if you're in Shabbat, you're in. If you're out, don't come and I again I, I, I criticized them and I told them why are you uh, you know, and these people that were lying outside had been attempting to get in to Jerusalem on Shabbat with their loads so I say why are you lying opposite the wall in, 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 um, in other words thinking that maybe you, if you lie out there with your loads maybe you'll catch a little business here and there some people might wander out and you'll sell to the guys on the side I, if you if you do if you do this again I am going to punish you. It's would sound like um, like lashes whipping. And after I warned them, they stopped coming on Shabbat. And I said to the Levites, that they should purify themselves and come come to guard the gates. To sanctify the day of Shabbat. Again, Nehemiah now turns to God, knowing that this was an extremely unpopular move. Um, uh, and the first time, before he went back to Artis, before he first came, he was gaining favor as he put things together and everyone got together to work and so on and so forth. He had enemies, but he managed to unify the people against the enemies and and rebuild Jerusalem. Now he comes and he's making enemies everywhere. So he turns to God and says, this too, God, remember me for good. V'chus alai, have mercy on me, kirov because uh, you are so, so merciful. Um, you're so, so kind, God. Gam another problem. ha'yehudim the, the, o'shivu nashim The Jewish people had been marrying women. Ashtodiot, these are descendants probably of the Pho- Phoenicians or uh, Philistines. And Ammonite descendants and Moabite descendants, they were marrying into all these families. The people that lived um, within the um, uh, the land, they were they were they they had brought back those women, those women that they had claimed, the ones that did not want to convert. Remember, Chmiy, had emphasized several times the the people that converted into Judaism, and want were willing to accept the Torah of God stayed and were welcomed but those that did not remained a bad influence and here they are bringing they brought them all back so everything that he had thought he accomplished before didn't work and it came to the point of Ne-hem and half uh, uh, and and half a whole bunch of the, chil- the children of these families they were imbibing the culture of their of their mothers <laughs> which makes sense because that's what usually happens and speaking the language the Ashtodite language they couldn't even speak Hebrew. Uh, literally, they couldn't speak Ju- Judean. Uh, they couldn't speak Jewish. And they, they, they spoke the language of various other peoples that their parents, that their mothers came from. Again, I, I rebuked them. This is like an angry word. And I cursed them. Some of these men, I gave them lashes in the streets. And I tore out their hair. And I made them swear by God that they should no longer give their daughters to their sons. And they should not take their daughters for themselves or take their daughters for their sons. So it sounds, it seems clear that Nehemiah did not ask them to get to divorce these women. Uh, he just asked, he just made them promise from here on in not to do it anymore. Which is very interesting, and and the emphasis here on on speaking Hebrew is uh, must go uh, recognized and mentioned that Nehemiah is saying this. Halo aleila, Chata Shlomo Melchisarol is because of these things, and here's where Nehemiah makes it clear why these women. Um, it's generally the men marrying the foreign women, but it also went the other way around, as we saw sons to daughters, daughters to sons, etc., etc. But um, Nehemiah is saying why? when they don't accept upon themselves the Jewish religion, when they don't become one of us, when they don't join like the the, the Ruth did who joined the Jewish religion, but when they maintained their own thing, and we see this is what happened when when Solomon, King Solomon, the king of Israel, sinned, in all the nations there was no king as great as he was, he was beloved by his God, and God made him king over all the Jews. Even he was such a great, great man, the the foreign wives that he brought into his home that maintained their idolatrous practices, um, may, caused him to sin and led him astray. So how can we hear and listen and hear that 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 um that you guys are doing such a terrible terrible thing and rebelling against our God to to bring into your homes? Uh, uh, women that are nachrios, that are idol worshippers. Umibne Yoyada ben El Yashiva gadol. And from the uh, uh, children of Yoyada, the son of El Yashiv, who was the kohen gadol, Chasan Balat Choroni. He had married. Um, he was the son-in-law of San Balat, the, the, the big enemy from early on in this book, if you recall. San Balat was the was the big enemy. I chased him away from me, even though he was had such illustrious lineage. Uh, uh, the fact that he had married into that family um uh, that was too much and again Nahamiah realizes he just made a lot of enemies in a lot of high places and a lot of pe- and some low places but it all over he just made a lot of enemies so again he turns to God and says remember f- for them remember their uh, evil ways my god algalehakuna those that Ruined the priesthood of Rita Kuhuna and the covenant of the priesthood by marrying into these um, uh, idolatrous families, the and the Levites as well. I purified them of all the foreign people, the ones who uh, 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 were not in the Jewish religion. Vahamida Mishmaros, and I established groups, laka, you know, shifts and And remember, last chapter occurred. After this chapter, so I set up the Mishmarot And then we made that ceremony that we read in the last chapter I made sure that there would be uh, shifts In order to make sure that the wood was properly brought um, uh, In its proper times And for the first fruits um, to be divided up properly Remember me, my God, for good Nehemiah says, Nehemiah realizes that by doing all of these actions, by making such noise and such an angry way, Nehemiah didn't behave this way the first time around. But the second time around, frustration led him to act in this in this very angry way. And many uh, 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 the rabbis of the Talmud were critical of Nehemiah uh, and his um and his uh and the way he acted in on some level, even though um. Uh, we understand his frustration and his reforms were important Um, he had to deal with reality and reality is that people do what people do and as we know Nehemiah's reforms were only moderately successful might have bought everyone some time but as time went on corruption set in problems set in and uh, the people were far from perfect but Nehemiah did also start the mechanism of rabbinic Judaism which which also created the religion which lasted until this day Um, so to that effect he was extremely successful he might not have realized at the time how successful he would be but he was thank you so much for studying Nehemiah chapter 13 this concludes a lot a large portion of the prophets and the writings the narrative portions, the historical portions, which we started when when I started studying in the beginning of this podcast, the book of Isaiah. Um, We did not, um, uh, I I, I started Isaiah, I explained that when I did it, because it was my favorite book of the the Bible, of the Torah. Um, um, And I talked to you about that in the beginning of this podcast. I left out the, uh, I skipped over the beginning books of the Nevi'im of the prophets, the early prophets, Nevi'im Yeshonim. We didn't do yet the books of Joshua, um, uh, Judges, uh, Samuel, and Kings. So we're going to go back. Next, I'm going to go back and start from the book of Joshua, um, which will begin soon, um, and go through Joshua, Judges, Kings, um, uh, I'm Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings, and then do Chronicles. And then after that, we'll do the various books of wisdom from the writings um, that are not really narrative, such as the Song of Songs, uh, Shira Shirim, Ecclesiastes, Kohelet, um, and those other, um, and E of Job. Um, uh, we'll, we'll do those books after that. So next. I'm looking forward to studying Joshua together with you, and and um, thank you so much for joining me. <laughs>